So today we're going to be talking about Calvin's book, The Cooperative Family. Uh, my first question obviously, obviously is going to be, uh, tell me about the title. What's the meaning of the title? Yeah, so the idea of it, uh, the, can I read the subtitle? Yeah, 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 so the subtitle is How Ridding Ourselves of Competitive Goals Helps Us Flourish. And so the idea uh, of the book is basically built on this premise that uh, we've got these two way, two kind of modes of operating. And one is co- cooperative, and that would be what we want to strive for. And the other is competitive, and that's what gets us into trouble. So the book basically looks at the family and says, um, in all these different relationships, that's marriages and life partnerships, that's in parenting, that's in sibling relationships, and then also in intergenerational relationships. Um, how do we get ourselves into trouble by engaging in competition, and how then can we reorient towards a more cooperative way of being? And do you talk about the benefits of doing that as well? So people oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so I like, mean, that's the plan. Yeah. Well, they got to like, buy the book we'll see. to yeah. find out. <laughs> what if somebody were to say, which we hear a lot, I'm not a competitive person. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I hear actually you know, quite frequently. And I think what people think of when they think of competition is like, they think of the person who's going to like throw the Monopoly board, you know, if they lose or something like that. Or, you know, they're out there and they're just, you know, fiery on the basketball court or something. And it's actually, it's more subtle than that. Uh, sometimes... Like a highly agreeable person that's yeah. meek and gives it all. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, there's a competition sometimes of, like, who's most agreeable or sometimes who is most pitiful and therefore deserving of help and excuse and whatever. And so the people, the very people who you look at and you say, oh, yeah, they don't have a competitive bone in their body. Sometimes they are the most competitive people. And in essence, what I mean by competition is you're trying to get a leg up on other people. And sometimes the way that we get a leg up is, well, we're just really nice or we're very good at pleasing or we are so pitiful that that people uh, excuse us from our responsibilities or do things for us. Those are all forms of competition that they, they don't look very competitive on the surface, but totally are. Hmm. All right. Would it be okay if I ask some more personal questions about the book? If you want to, sure. Okay. Yeah. We can always change it up. Uh, what was your inspiration to write it? Well, you know, I've wanted to write a book for a really long time. Oh, I know. <laughs> I guess she's probably heard, you know, 35 of my book ideas. Um, but, you know, basically, one of the hard things about writing a book uh, is that you, you get a lot of ideas, and some of those ideas, are they're not book-sized. It's like, okay, that would make a good article or maybe a couple articles. That might make a good essay. That might make a good volume of, you know, six books. You know, it might make a good series of books. But, but there's something appropriately sized in terms of an idea that's book sized. And so um, this idea of competition and cooperation, that by the way, this is not an idea of mine. This comes from Alfred Adler. And uh, some of the language in the book came from his student, Lydia Sitcher. Um, but... Uh, it, there was just something about it and shrinking it down to the size of a family, it felt book size. I said, okay, that's that's a book. That's not an article. That's not a, a series of books. It's not a volume. That's not a dissertation. It's just it's book sized. And so then as soon as I had something book sized, then I was off to the races and writing and, and going. Hmm. I'm sure you had some nags along the way. I did. <laughs> <laughs> what was the toughest or the, let's say, most challenging to write 
Like which section? Couples? Intergenerational? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, there were things that were tough for different reasons. So, uh, you know, on a personal level, there were one of the things that I wrote into the book are there are, they look like scripts to therapy sessions and these are they're fictional therapy sessions but they're um but they're fictional not in the sense that they're not true they're fictional in the sense that i i created them but they're very true and some of the ways in which they're true is that they're like some of them are therapy sessions maybe that that i wish i could have and so those were i think emotionally difficult to write uh at times but then um i think one of the hardest things about writing is not saying everything that you want to say and picking a few things that are you know vital for you to say so and i i think i ran into that mostly in the parenting chapter there was there's just so much maybe that i have to say about parenting and just to say look there are other books, you know, our friend Allison Schaefer, I, you know, I think I just specifically mentioned in there, you know, or Rudolf Dreikers, just to say, look, there's a lot more to say, but just go read these other books because they've got all this stuff there. Um, I think that was kind of freeing and helpful, but it was hard at times not to say everything that I wanted to. But also I'm hearing like the ring of like a sequel. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've thought a little <laughs> bit about... A sequel, what's it called? Well, a sequel, a, sure, a sequel? why not? Yeah, it's very um, cool. Uh, yeah, a follow-up book or something. I, I've thought about writing one for organizations, you know, like for, you know, like I've interacted with churches enough that, it, you know, churches I think could really benefit from this idea. You know, you and I as business owners, I think we've seen enough business that we know that this could probably help in some work settings. I say probably, definitely could work in some uh, work settings. So, you know, there's, uh, that's kind of an idea, but the reality is, is I've got other stuff that I want to write uh, that maybe is on a, you know, what? not wholly different topics, but well, there's a collection of essays that I want to write about um, Edlerian analysis of um, films and books and, you know, things like that. So that's that's one idea. Um, yeah, I've got a couple other ideas, but I won't articulate them particularly well. So we'll just keep uh, them to myself. Okay, so what is, because you know we're all about movement. Uh, what is one thing that you could encourage or challenge a family that is currently struggling with cooperation to do this week? Well, I'm going to riff off of Kurt Adler, uh, who said that for therapists, one of the best things, and I'm paraphrasing here, not direct quote, but one of the best things we can do for our clients is to let them know what they're up to. And kind of maybe a riff on that is one of the best things that we can just do for ourselves as human beings is let ourselves know what, know what we are up to. So a fun kind of a game. Experiment. Use experiment. Okay, experiment. Sure, just do sure. it for science. Uh, I, I think the idea here would be that um, a fun way to approach this is that when things are getting unpleasant, and everybody knows when things are getting unpleasant, you know, when you feel frustrated or angry or there's conflict or whatever, um, uh, to articulate, to name the game, you know, to have it, I mean, you could even write it down, you know, like, oh, I'm playing uh, who's the smartest right now. I'm saying uh, whose opinion matters the most. I'm saying whose feelings matter the most. And so when we put a name to the game, there is something about that that just is, uh, if we do nothing else, it is in some way corrective and helps move us back to a less mistaken way of doing things. Because, um, you know, it's almost like when you get angry, 
when we admit what we are actually doing, which is we're trying to frighten somebody else into doing what we want, there's something about that just, it becomes distasteful. Like it, it you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to do that, you know? And so if we can do that with uh, articulating the name of the game, I think that that's, uh, or the, the name of the competition, I think that that is, um, in some ways, it's kind of the foundational skill. You know, catch yourself. That's right, and, and catching it's yourself. Like, they, I just want to make sure because in case people ask, like people need to do this for themselves, not be like, "Mom, you're being a, you know what?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mentioned in the book that sometimes the competition that that we can play, and certainly maybe this would be the case among Adlerians, is that uh, we can get into a competition of, "Oh, well, who's the most cooperative?" Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, what is it that Terry Real says? This he says, uh, "Using your recovery and service in service of your pathology." Yeah. Um, there's a sense in which you know you can do this with competition and cooperation. It can be another way to get a leg up, and that's yep. that's not what we want to do. Last question: mm-hmm. Do Kyle and Linda and Chase and Mary make it? <laughs> do Kyle and Linda? They're the couples in the book. <laughs> <laughs> or is well, this in the sequel? We don't know. <laughs> I would I would like to think that they make it. I think uh, so. Because well, I mean, for one, they're going to a, a, a really good therapist who's who's helping them see some good things. Uh, and I think that most people, um, when presented with the opportunity to make positive changes and they can really see what they're up to, I, th- I think I really have an optimistic belief in people that they genuinely do want to make good changes. Um, so, yeah, I think that they make it. But, uh, you know, our mentor, Frank Walton, has said that Adlerian therapists are terrible with prognosis. I think this is Frank who's, who said this to us, but that Illyrians are terrible at prognosis because we believe too much in human choice. That feels like something Frank would say. So, you know, sometimes people, they choose to double down on competition and, you know, and then realistically, I mean, I guess it depends on what we mean. Do they make it? You know, do they, well, do they stay married? I mean, maybe they stay married because then they get perpetual opportunities to defeat one another in competition. Uh, That's, you know, that's not my definition of making it. But do they cooperatively make it? That's <laughs> well, like I said, I I, th- I think they do, and I, I, I feel so. hopeful that they do. But maybe not. I guess we'll, we'll have see. to see. We'll see. Got to read the book. <laughs> this is what it looks like again. You can get it on Amazon, and also perhaps we can drop a link. Yeah, we'll put a link in in the bio, um, and I, f- I feel like such a Gen Z link in bio. Uh, <laughs> emoji well, emojis aren't cool anymore we can't oh, do we can't, we can't do those we're just <laughs> aging ourselves here aren't we um yeah we'll we'll uh make sure everybody has all the information they need to get it and, or just um, email us because we like emails that too we want to talk too. to you so. yeah. yeah well thanks so much for asking me about the book it was fun